theater gave me such an acceptance around the word no. I, I can't I can't imagine not having that because especially in theater, when you audition and they tell you like your hair is too dark or your eyes are too small. And it's like, you can't change those things, but you're not going to take them personally. Like, okay, my eyes were too small for that role. Okay. Maybe my eyes will be too big for the next role. You know, whatever. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I'm your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is Penny Shack, aka Positively Penny. Penny has spent the majority of her life accumulating degrees and isn't actually using any of them professionally. It took Penny over 30 years to find her passion in life, and now she's most well-known for being a fruit and veggie dealer, because we all know nobody eats enough fruit and veggies every day. In her spare time, which is a lot more than people think because she works from home for herself and has about seven streams of income, she travels the world when COVID isn't a thing, bakes for people with allergies through Penny's Pastries, teaches cooking to kids, does a lot of online shopping, entertains and inspires people on social media, and chases her four-year-old, Hamilton. Not to be confused with the musical, funny enough. Penny's favorite thing to do at the moment is not only show others that it's possible to live your dreams, but to help them achieve theirs and make a lot of money while doing it. Now, it says here in the bio, fun fact about Penny she will win any battle of Name That Show Tune. Hmm. Only because she hasn't met me yet. I consider that a challenge. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit. Hey there, Penny. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I just told everybody all about you and your million gorgeous, glorious revenue streams. I want to know, Penny, what do you think small businesses need to know today? Well, hi. This is so fun. Okay. So uh, where to start? It's kind of like my million revenue streams. Um, my brain's in like a million places. Cause I have so many things I want to share. Um, first thing when it comes to small business that, that rings to, you know, that rings in my head is often we have a small business, whether it's your main business or your side business, and we don't treat it like a business. So what I mean by that is like, you wouldn't just walk into a doctor's office and say, I want to see the doctor right now, right? You would want to set an appointment. So I always, you know, block out my time or I schedule a meeting with someone, but that being said, I treat it like a business, not like my, my business actually used to be my side hustle, which turned into my business because I treated it like one. You want to, you know, get paid like a hobby, treat it like a hobby. You want to get paid like a business, treat it like a business. 
So what that means to me is, this is where I get so frustrated with small business owners, is you really have to prioritize. No one has enough time in the day, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, everyone has 24 hours, but no, there's like you're a parent or um, you work two businesses or um, you need to work out or you need to sleep or whatever it is. But if it's or, or... I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with married at first sight. So I prioritize (laughs) That's an important part of your day. Right, right. But I prioritize that and I put it into my life. But if you want your business to grow, you've got to prioritize it. Don't say I don't have time. There are no excuses in building a business. You just have to make the time for it. You are the excuse of why your business isn't growing. You are not making it an important part of your life. Like when I first started my business, it was really part-time, of course, because I was working um, like a corporate job, Um, (laughs) right? Never again. Um, But because I knew that I wanted to make money in a different way, not going into an office, I would wake up 15 minutes earlier that day and go to bed 15 minutes later. 30 minutes is better than nothing. I had to build my empire somehow. And maybe it was only 15 minutes that that day. So I just, I feel like people use the excuse of I don't have time or they come up with some other things and you really have to focus on making it an important part of your life. I absolutely love that because I know that in periods of stress in in my life and in the growth of my many, many businesses and all of their iterations, I know that when I get stressed or scared, I do a lot of paper shuffling. So I do a lot of work that looks like work, but I don't really do a lot of work that gets me anywhere. I would, you know, spend all day every day and go to sleep tired and then wake up the next day and go, well, why don't I have any clients? I wasn't doing anything toward income. I was not doing anything toward legitimizing myself as a business. I was just doing, 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 doing. And I think it wasn't until... I pulled my head out of my own keister and started doing the real work and following the real steps and setting the real habits that A, I learned how much work I was actually capable of, but B, how much work I was pretending to do instead of just doing it. Because if you would have told me in that moment, Penny, if you would have been like, oh, Annie, you're not actually working, I would have said, well, screw you, then why am I so tired? Yeah, right. But the reason I was actually so tired was because I was spinning my wheels doing work that wasn't getting me anywhere. Or well, the other thing people do is they pr- they like plan to plan to plan to plan to plan to, plan to, <laughs> to do, right? All that planning is not getting you anywhere. Just throw yourself in. You know, I have, I have team members all the time. They're like, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you don't need to know what to do. Just start doing it. You're going to figure it out. Yeah. Make a choice. Yeah. Make a freaking choice. Like, I spoiler, that isn't really a spoiler because I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but Penny and I both have theater degrees and musical theater degrees, which we found out uh, in the booking of this podcast episode. But, you know, one of the things that was always drilled into my head in theater school is make a choice and make it big. You can always pull back from big. You cannot elicit something from nothing. So make a wrong choice if you need to, but make a freaking choice. Okay, you put up something on social media and it doesn't go over well, try something else. You 
you know, pitch a speaking gig and you don't get it, try something else. And it's not always just based on rejection, but I do think that something about rising to the occasion of doing something experimentally and just trying something, changing something, implementing something, there's something to be said for that. Well, because we sit around so often, one, waiting for something to come to us, or two, being so scared that we're paralyzed. Mm. And we can't make the, the, the choice to do anything. Where do you think that idea comes from? Almost that entitlement. I know I've experienced it. I don't say entitlement as a judgment at all. But where do you think this idea stems from that opportunities will just appear? Like like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Like where do we get the idea that if I hang my shingle out, the line will just form? I think society is, you know, it makes me think of when I took a year off of school Um, and like, I was the talk of my town. Oh my God, Penny took a year off of school. Like who cares what, you you know, just because, you know, where I grew up, it was like, you go to college, you get a degree, you go into the profession that you, that you graduated in. I didn't follow any of that, you know? And I think that's, that's just like what society tells us is you got to go to college. You've got to get a degree in something other than musical theater or (laughs) booking because that's just like not serious stuff, right? Like right. Won't be successful, um, <laughs> which I don't see myself as a failure at all. I mean, it's still always going to be my passion. I just chose, um, chose to have uh, a husband and a child. And when you're in musical theater, <laughs> there's no time for that. Right. Um, <laughs> and I wanted a family, but I chose I- to like my friends. Right. <laughs> Or you can see your friends, no nights and weekends. Yes. I chose to A, see my friends, and then my friends in the theater. I would really like to not go several weeks where we don't talk to each other because we're both stressed out about auditions, whether or not we're auditioning for the same part. Right. You know, I'm I'm really uh, enjoying having full non-competitive trust. I like the way you put that. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's just because I, I, I'm not a naturally competitive person. I think that's why I was not more successful in theater, because you really have to have that kind of cutthroat, wake up at five o'clock and be the best tenacity. Whereas I'm a Corrine. I'm just like, put me in the back of my friends. We'll have a great time. You can give me a line if you want to. I hope my costume's cute. Like, that's me. So you put that girl and you go, you are now in a highly toxic environment where the people that you thought were your friends are your enemies and you better dance better. I, I, right. Nope. 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 Like, I don't think I understood that when I was a four year old and I was like, I want to be on Broadway. You know, there's a great, there's a great book that I'll have to look up the exact name of because we're doing this live and, and I'm not thinking of it, but it, I think it's by Mark Manson. And he talks about how when we're little and we have these aspirations, um, we, you know, hang our, we hitch our wagons to them, but we don't think about the sacrifice that they require. And I think a lot of people that grow up in the theater don't think about that. Like the examples that he uses in the book is everybody wants to be a ballerina, but nobody wants bleeding, broken feet. Right. And I think that's also similar too when we, when we're talking about paper pushing or keeping ourselves busy when we're starting our business instead of actually doing these revenue things is we don't look at what's the nature and the quality and the caliber of work that I'm willing to do 
every day? And what am I going to sacrifice every day? If I am going to act, am I going to sacrifice having a steady home life that doesn't require me to do summer stock theater? If I'm teaching from home, does that require me to have to actually consciously decide to put on actual pants instead of just turning into a Quarren blob? Sure. Right. right? But so what about that? Like, what do you think the relationship of that hard work, that tenacity and knowing that opportunity isn't just going to show up? What what do you think keeps you pounding the pavement until it's right? Well, you know, this really ties into the way that um, I view educating and sharing about my products or my business is that theater gave me such an acceptance around the word. No, Mm -hmm. I I can't, I can't imagine not having that because especially in theater, when you audition and they tell you like your hair is too dark or your eyes are too small. And it's like, you can't change those things, but you're not going to take them personally. Like, okay, my eyes were too small for that role. Okay, maybe my eyes will be too big for the next role, you know, whatever. And you never even know because they never actually tell you. And if they do actually tell you, it's probably bullshit that's not true anyway. Right. Right? But, like, there are some things that you just can't change. I am 4 foot 11. I knew I would never be a rocket. So I took tap lessons. You got to work with what you got. But just because you work with what you got doesn't mean you're always going to be the perfect fit based on myriad other things and th- and that's the same thing in small business if you don't get the bid if you don't make the sale you don't know that it's not because their cousin sells the exact same thing and they just wanted to see what you were charging you will not know right but i think that that right there is what's kept me going is that um it's not personal and if i want to change lives goes back to what you're saying before, go big or go home, you know, and that's in theater, in small business. It's like, give it all you got. And the worst that can happen is someone's like, no, thanks. And you just move on. If I was so emotional and so um, affected personally, I wouldn't be successful like I am today because that drives people away. Unfortunately, you work with sales teams and you have your own sales team in one of your myriad revenue streams, as we've discussed. How do you think your personal relationship with rejection has led your team? Meaning, what do you try to instill in them when they are going out there trying to get these businesses spun up, trying to get these sales made, and they're falling flat. What what do you say to them in those moments? Your job is not to get that sale. Your job is to educate and inspire and empower people to make better choices. And if you've done your job, you've been successful because we cannot predict the outcome. Yeah, I mean, nope. you have no clue. You can't say for every 100 people I talk to, 75 of them are going to 100% order. You don't know. No. No. 
So all you have to do is your job. Like we were saying, do the income producing activity and the income will eventually come. Yeah. And it's also not going to be on your time. Like, oh, hell no. We, we live, we just, we always want instant gratification. Everyone does. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, you know, I get frustrated myself, but I know that like building a relationship takes time because, you know, especially in sales, it's, I mean, yes, I'd love to sell everybody things that I have, but not everybody wants it, you know? So they, they nine times out of 10 come around. Um, but you have to maintain a relationship and it's not just a relationship because you want to sell them something. It's because you genuinely care. Yeah. You want to just keep educating people. Like I'm every day, I'm sharing some new bit of information that I learned. I, yesterday, I think I learned mushrooms and I never knew this. We're good for weight loss. And I'm like, I need to be eating more mushrooms, you know? Like, nom, 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 nom. I got mushroom right? soup in the crock pot right now. Cha-ching! I love it. Look at that. Win-win. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, if I learn that, I'm going to share it with someone else. And then they may say, oh, how do I get more mushrooms into my diet? And then I say, oh, well, I can help you there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I encourage my team to not look at the outcome, but just to put in the work and um, that I will celebrate anybody on my team regardless of what you are producing, because mm. that's, that's something that's important to me is the, well, you know, goes back to relationships, but we don't, you know, punish for what you did wrong. We celebrate what you are doing mm-hmm. and that builds up people's desire to want to keep doing it. And eventually down the road, there's going to be success attached with that. Well, and there is a participation ribbon for a lot of this stuff. If you're an incredible salesperson and you're lazy as hell, you make one sale and then you just assume that all the other sales will come because you're amazing at sales and you just sit there. Who gets more credit? And honestly, at the end of the day, who's going to get more done? The person who is not a natural salesperson busts their butt faces the rejection and pushes on or the person who found out they were good at it rested on that laurel and never did a damn thing right you know when we were having our little pre-chat uh one of the great things that kept coming up over and over was this idea of auditioning and i really want to dig in that into that with you uh while we have the time and you know it's Again, there's a little bit of that entitlement there of, you know, I know this director or I know this show or I've played this role before. We always want to get in the express lane, right? We want to go straight to callbacks or we don't even want to audition or heaven forbid we have to show up for the audition. But then we walk into the room and they go, oh, you're just here as a formality. You already have the part. What part do you want? Right. We have these grand fantasies. Um, What similarity do you think? is there between like wanting to skip the audition process altogether and wanting your business to be an overnight success? So because one of my many professions is network marketing, too many people out there are promoting it as instant money mm-hmm. and which makes the profession look bad, which is hard um, because any business, whether it's network marketing or not, You've got to put in the work to get the success, right? No one can just sit around and and make it happen. Poof. You know, if I could, 
I would like snap my fingers and be like, poof, you're, you know, a a millionaire overnight. Um, But you got to put in the work. And I think that the same thing goes with auditioning. And not to mention, don't you feel so much more accomplished and, um, and worthy of getting that part when you've put in the work to do the audition. Like that you, it wasn't just like, um, you know, you walked in and they were like, great, you're hired because I know you. Then it's like, I cheated the system, right? You don't want to cheat the system. You want to feel good about what you were doing. You want to earn your place in the system and continually approve on it, right? You don't want to cut that corner. You don't want to get grandfathered in. And like, like I heard, um, yesterday, uh, actually that was earlier this, I've heard it twice yesterday and today, cause I was listening to some, um, some podcasts, but, um, Harrison Ford took him 13 years to get his first full feature role in, in a, um, in a movie. And he had to do 50 auditions a week. Ew. Uh, that sounds miserable, right? But he put in the work and look what he got for it. Yeah. I'd rather be known for putting in all that hard work as as tough as it is and draining as it is. But don't you feel so much more successful at the end? Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it just makes the success that much more sweet, right? Like right. I saw something, uh, Ryan and I, my husband Ryan and I are in the midst of our gabillionth rewatching of Shit's Creek and Annie Murphy who plays Alexis on the show, uh, she talks to how she had $3 in her account. Her apartment had burned down and she was considering quitting, but was like, I just got to get my shit together for one more audition. And that one more audition was Shit's Creek. And that's incredible and remarkable. But imagine if she hadn't gone. Imagine if Harrison Ford went, "Mm, I did 40 auditions last week. So this week I'm just going to set it out. Right. There's, there's something for honoring your energy. You're a huge person about how you take care of yourself. And and neither of us are trying to, you know, preach the gospel of exhaustion. But we're definitely saying be discerning with your effort and do things more than once. Right? Make more than one sale or at least have more than one sales conversation. If you hit a no, do it again. Try something new. Or if you think that you nailed it. You know, you don't have to ditch the monologue just because they didn't hire you. 100%. And that's, you know, like you said, what we were talking about earlier in auditioning is the way that I view it towards my business is, you know, if you go into an audition and you don't have the part, right, or you present someone with your products or your business opportunity and they are not a customer, client, what, whatever yet, and then you go into the audition and you nail it and there's two options. Either you get the part, yay, or you don't get the part and you're no worse off than when you first went in there. Yeah. You know, no. I mean, like the same thing with business. I present the business or products to someone and either they say, yes, I'm ready to sign up or join your team or they say, no, thanks. And like, you're not losing anything. You're just exactly at the same spot you were before. So why not present the opportunity, whatever it is. And you're right, it does not happen in your own time. You don't walk into an audition most of the time. I'm sure it's happened, but, you know, 99.9% of the time, you don't walk in, sing your little song, do your little dance, and in the room they go, Penny, you booked it. You wait. Sometimes you wait for weeks. Oh, horrible. 
and with no with radio silence. Right, right. right. And so, you know, it's the same thing as some people want to close the sale immediately on the call, whatever the sale may be, join the team, learn more, whatever that call to action is. But we assume if they don't take it instantaneously, if that decision isn't made in our presence, I guess it's not being made. Well, and then the problem is then we, at least, you know, in in businesses, we tend to not follow up because we make all these assumptions in our head Mm -hmm. um, and say, oh, that's the end of that. Oh, well, I lost out on that opportunity. I love that you brought up follow up. I think that's such a great way to segue. Um, You know, one of the things that I was taught, and I don't know how you were taught, but starting as like really, really a young kid in the theater, we were taught not to ask why we didn't get things, right? So if you're in a school environment, even like if your teacher is casting something and your teacher is currently grading you, you're still not supposed to say, hey, how come you didn't cast me? Because it could come out wrong or it could seem like you are looking for that corner to be cut or whatever else. I think the one place where it's really truly divergent is I love now in my business asking people how their decisions were made, positive or negative, whether they go with me, whether they go with one of my clients or not. I relish, because it still kind of feels forbidden, being like, oh, you are going to go with me? Cool. Why? Or, oh, now's not the right time? Cool. Why? So so how are you uh, adjusting to the fact that feedback is there for the taking now? You know, <laughs> it... I, that just like made me flash back to when I lost my job in 2015. Um, what was his wording? It was like, we just, and I was there for like, I don't know, two and a half years or something. And and he finally just came around and said, we weren't a good fit. And like my first instinct was be like, I'm never going to know why, you know, because that's like what we're taught. Like, we won't know why we weren't right for that. And then I just, I said to whoever, because it wasn't my boss that fired me. And I said to the the woman, I said, can I just ask why? And she's like, he didn't give me any feedback. And I was like, oh God, you know, like the first time that I like decide to ask. <laughs> right. And then, then it reminds me, well, that's why I never ask. Um, right. Or sometimes you ask and you're like, was this top? the wrong choice for this audition. And they're like, well, Penny, hold on. In the third word you said, you said this, but it's really pronounced like this and the way you just couldn't pick up from there. And then also, you know, about halfway through, you shuffled to the right and you're like, wait, I'm asking you about my shirt. Right. Right. So I guess our final, our final answer is get the feedback you can and, and be really clear on what kind of feedback you actually want. Um, and and it's hard because you know, a lot of people are also scared to hurt your feelings. So I get ghosted a lot. So I don't hear anything. They just think that they're going to, um, they're up. Look at that. My computer just popped up. I just got a sale. Um, (laughs) I love that when that happens live. Yes. Party. Um, uh, again, someone I just educated, I didn't, you know, scare her or anything or force her to do anything. I wasn't even expecting that. Um, but you know, like people are so scared to say, no, thank you. I don't want what you have because they're like, I'm an adult. I'm not going to go cry and like, be like, you just ruined my life. You know? Um, 
And I think that, that we, all of us need to stand up and say, thank you. This is not for me, you know, and, and it's okay that it's not for me. You know what? Maybe touch base with me in three months. I may, you know, come January, I may make a different decision. You know, I may have more money or like, yeah, what's the, what's so hard with people saying, um, this, mm, this, this goes back to the same thing with priorities. I get so annoyed when someone says, you know, and I'm sure you've seen all the memes out there. When someone says, um, I don't have the money to spend on your products. No, 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 you do. It's not your priority. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, but, but don't feel bad. You're the one that feels bad. I'm not feeling bad. I understand you want to put your money towards a beautiful new watch instead of getting healthier. That's totally fine. Or the brand new iPhone 12. That's your important. That's what's important to you. Totally fine. But don't go ahead and be like, I just don't have that money. And then the next day turn around and like splurge on a brand new car, you know, right? or spend it. I'm sure you see this a lot in, in health and taking care of yourself or spend it on what you know is the complete opposite of what you actually want. Right. Right. So oh, right. to go out and say, I want to spend all this money on being healthy and then go spend like go splurge on some horrible choice for you, which we've right. all seen a thousand times. So Penny, I want to ask you, um, when you well, hold on. First off, are you still actively acting or is that chapter closed? Um I Act for my four-year-old son. Oh. There you go. There you go. We uh, sing so show tunes nonstop. So back in um, the uh, back in the day when you were auditioning, did you have a pre-audition ritual or way to psych yourself up? And if so, what was it? Oh, so it's interesting that you say that because um, my persona of positively penny was something I had to learn. And I actually did a Facebook live a couple days ago on it is that um, I had to teach myself that. And I think uh, a lot of it stemmed from being in musical theater. The reason I started in musical theater was because I didn't love myself enough and I needed outside validation um, to be someone that I wasn't. Um, Now I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not in theater now because I do love myself and I don't need that anymore. Man, that's, that's something to think about. But um, <laughs> but no, I would just go into it as I need someone to laugh at me today because mm. I'm a laughing stock of myself and I'm embarrassed of the way I look or the way that I act or, um, you know, especially in musical theater. Oh, if you are not a stick figure, like end of the world, you know, it's. I, that, that's just the way that, I mean, I used to get called back for Disney all the time. They'd be like, you're great. Can you lose 10 pounds? And I'd be like, sure. And then I would do it. And they'd be, they'd be like, can you lose 10 more pounds? And I was like, I cannot do this the rest of my life. But anyway, I, I think that, you know, I never psyched myself up because I just wanted the validation of whatever stupid thing was going to come out of my mouth or that I did. And I didn't care. I really didn't care because that's what people wanted. They wanted the person that makes a mistake or that talks about poop or, you know, like it, it wasn't about necessarily um, me getting the part, but me being remembered. Aha. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that 
very self-aware. I mean, I think when you bring up outside validation, like my neck almost snapped off nodding. When this podcast airs, theater children around the world will all hear the bat signal cry of external validation. But um, one last fun question for you before I find out uh, how to send people your way. If you were going to listen to one song from any musical in order to soothe your heart after a rejection, what would you listen to? I'm I'm torn between two. Okay, go for it. So either I'm the greatest star. Oh, oh, always, always. Or don't rain on my parade. Okay, so funny girl or funny girl. Into yeah. it. Totally, yeah. completely into it. Streisand appreciators of the world. You're right. Uh, but I absolutely love that. And I've absolutely loved having you on the show. Positively, Penny. Penny, where do people find you online? What is the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Oh, I'm a social media junkie. <laughs> um, so you can find me all over social media. I'm like in your face. Um, I like to think I'm very entertaining too. So watch all my Facebook lives and check me out. Um, I'm on positive. I'm on as positively Penny um, or Penny Shack. Um, and, and same thing with Instagram. Penny's Pastries is my pastry business. And I love meeting new people especially ones that love musical theater. Um, <laughs> but anyone in small businesses, my something that's really important to me is to be able to connect people. I love networking. I love helping other people. Um, not that the, this is the reason I do it, but I know deep in my heart that when, by you helping somebody else, it's going to come back to you. So I just want to share the love any way that I possibly can. So find me, connect with me, and let's just have a, you know, completely asinine conversation. For some reason, I want to break into Seasons of Love, but I will refrain. Penny, you've been an absolutely beautiful guest. Everyone out there, I will be back in just a bit with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. Looks like Penny and I got to use our musical theater degrees after all. Take that, judgmental high school guidance counselors. But the nonfiction, non-musical truth is that rejection just sucks. At worst, it feels like a soul-crushing damnation of your entire being and very purpose on this earth. And at best, it just sort of sours your day. Now, some will say the sting goes away after a while, but I swear some days and some no's still knock the wind right out of me. Some parts just mean more, you know? Yet, we trudge on and we leap again and again because deep down we know that opportunities are not guaranteed and competition is fierce. And so, in order to succeed, we must consistently, routinely, some would say masochistically, put ourselves out there and ask to be chosen. If we don't, we fall into hobby territory and tend to stay there. Your homework this week is to audition, to put yourself out there in a way that truly stretches you. Pitch to a podcast or an angel investor for that matter. Use your sparkling personality, your dry wit, or whatever makes you you to light up Facebook Live. Ask for a collaboration, a discovery call, a testimonial. Follow up with that client who ghosted you. 
Make a date with potential rejection and observe what it brings out of you before, during, and after. But whatever you choose, however you strive, as we musical theater geeks are known to say, sing out, Louise. Your audience is waiting. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.annieprugglescom slash easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me.